Section twenty seven of a book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Opie, Part Five. Opie must be forgiven if he was one ideaed, if he erred from too much zeal. All his wife's bright gaiety of nature, her love for her fellow creatures, her interest in the world, her many sidedness, this uncompromising husband would gladly have kept for himself for him his wife and his home were the whole world his art was his whole life the young couple settled down in london after their marriage where notwithstanding fogs and smoke and dull monotony of brick and smut so many beautiful things are created where turner's rainbow lights were first reflected where tennyson's princess sprang from the fog it was a modest and quiet installation but among the pretty things which amelia brought to brighten her new home we read of blue feathers and gold gauze bonnets tiaras and spencers scarlet ribbons buff net and cambric flounces all of which give one a pleasant impression of her intention to amuse herself and to enjoy the society of her fellows and to bring her own pleasant contributions to their enjoyment opie sat working at his easel painting portraits to earn money for his wife's use and comfort and encouraging her to write for he had faith in work he himself would never intermit his work for a single day he would have gladly kept her always in his sight if i would stay at home for ever i believe my husband would be merry from morning to night a lover more than a husband amelia writes to mrs taylor he seemed to have some feeling that time for him was not to be long that life was passing quickly by almost too quickly to give him time to realize his new home happiness to give him strength to grasp his work he was no rapid painter instinctively feeling his light and color and action and seizing the moment's suggestion but anxious laborious and involved in that sad struggle in which some people pass their lives forever disappointed opie's portraits seem to have been superior to his compositions which were well painted but unimaginative and commonplace says a painter of our own time whose own work quickens with that mysterious soul which some pictures as indeed some human beings seem to be entirely without during the nine years that i was his wife says mrs opie i never saw him satisfied with any one of his productions often very often he has entered my sitting-room and throwing himself down in an agony of despondence upon the sofa exclaimed i shall never be a painter he was a wise and feeling critic however great his shortcomings as a painter may have been his lectures are admirable full of real thought and good judgment sir james mackintosh places them beyond reynolds in some ways if there were no difficulties every one would be a painter says opie and he goes on to point out what a painter's object should be the discovery or conception of perfect ideas of things nature in its purest and most essential form rising from the species to the genus the highest and ultimate exertion of human genius for him it was no grievance that a painter's life should be one long and serious effort if you are wanting to yourselves rule may be multiplied upon rule and precept upon precept in vain 
some of his remarks might be thought still to apply in many cases no less than they did a hundred years ago when he complained of those green-sick lovers of chalk brick-dust charcoal and old tapestry who are so ready to decry the merits of colouring and to set it down as a kind of superfluity it is curious to contrast opie's style in literature with that of his wife who belongs to the entirely past generation which she reflected whereas he wrote from his own original impressions saying those things which struck him as forcibly then as they strike us now father and daughter was mrs opie's first acknowledged book it was published in eighteen o one and the author writes modestly of all her apprehensions mr opie has no patience with me he consoles me by averring that fear makes me overrate others and underrate myself the book was reviewed in the edinburgh we hear of one gentleman who lies awake all night after reading it and mrs inchbald promises a candid opinion which however we do not get besides stories and novels mrs opie was the author of several poems and verses which were much admired there was an impromptu to sir james mackintosh which brought a long letter in return and one of her songs was quoted by sidney smith in a lecture at the royal institution mrs opie was present and she used to tell in after-times how unexpectedly the compliment came upon her and how she shrunk down upon her seat in order to screen herself from observation the lines are indeed charming go youth beloved in distant glades new friends new hopes new joys to find yet sometimes deign mist fairer maids to think on her thou leav'st behind thy love thy fate dear youth to share must never be my happy lot but thou mayst grant this humble prayer forget me not forget me not yet should the thought of my distress too painful to thy feelings be heed not the wish i now express nor ever deign to think of me but oh if grief thy steps attend if want if sickness be thy lot and thou require a soothing friend forget me not forget me not end of section twenty seven